Welcome to the Life Church St. Peter's Message of the Week. We hope you're encouraged by today's message and encounter God's heart through it. To find out more about us, visit lifechurchstpeters.com. Well, good morning. As you may have heard, uh, my wife and I, uh, who sits in the front row there with me, my name is Tom Kyle, her name is Randy, and we have the privilege of serving this community, and we so value his presence and his goodness and his faithfulness, and... Again, there's kind of a theme here this morning about not forgetting his benefits. Uh, and remember, 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 remember. And you think, well, how could I forget? It's, it's funny, in the New Testament, Paul wrote a simple encouragement. He said, remember Jesus. You're like, hello, how can I forget? Well, sometimes in the midst of trouble, our trouble looks so big. Our trouble looks so overwhelming. And it's just in that moment, hold on. Remember Jesus. Uh, This morning, I want to continue on in a series uh, about the Holy Spirit and the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And over the last couple of weeks, I've I've gone through some of the uh, more uh, common or um, more familiar fruits of the Holy Spirit. And this morning, I I just felt led over the last couple of weeks to speak on one that I am in particular need of, and in my whole life I've been in particular need of expressing more of this fruit of the Holy Spirit. I want to talk just out of the scripture this morning quickly out of self-control. Isn't that great? Everybody loves self-control. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. The scripture says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, Yes, yes, yes. Those are all so cool and so amazing. This is forbearance, but it's patience. Ow, I'm not going to touch on that one yet. <laughs> Gently ease into that one. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I don't know why it was reserved for last in this grouping. But all I know is when I look at this group, there's so many that I, I need more of that, I need more of that, I need more of that. And Jesus, please help me with self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Self-control to me, it it seems it almost has like a a natural sense to it. There's something that is common and every day and everyone, everyone, every human being should have more self-control. Would you agree with that? And yet the world can't do it because they don't know him. You can suppress You can manage what's going on in the inside. But then so often you've seen, has anybody ever seen people just go off in a situation in life and society? Whether it's at a cash register or more commonly driving a car. And people just explode and you're like, all they did was just drive like an idiot. (laughs) If that's a bad word, sorry. But from what I've seen... Apart from Holy Spirit, I, supr- I try and suppress things and just control myself. And yet Holy Spirit, it's, it's part of him. It's the part of the power that he gives us. And it's a manifestation of Jesus inside of me. When I grew up, I did. Some of you would question that, but yes, I grew up. And I don't think there's anybody in the room present here who knew what I was like as a young person, younger person. 
like as a teenager. And um, I had issues. And one of them was I, I played sports and I was at school, I was a wallflower. I was just telling people, when I go three or four times to my high school reunions, people will walk up to Randy and say, oh, it's so good to see you. It's like, no, it's my high school. She did not go to high school. I was a wallflower, I was a blender. Most people had no idea. I was exceedingly shy. I was exceedingly reserved. Unless you were my friend and then it was a whole different story. But I was just a, a blender and I was quiet and I was riddled with insecurities until you put a ball on the field. And it's like I morphed into this other person during sports, whether it was baseball, football, and I know these aren't like manly sports, golf, tennis, bowling. And I just, I, I was not Mr. Rocket Scientist where I got, you know, Tom, I guarantee you he's going to be, he's going to be a nuclear scientist. Or I get, he, Tom's going to have a degree in aeronautical engineering. No, that was not the expectations for me. But I just excelled at sports. And I would just walk out on the field, and I just I would become a different person. And I had a massive anger issue. I was, when I was 14, 15, 16, I was like a four-year-old. And I just, one of the, I, I was on the golf team. I was, that's not a manly sport, but that's okay. <laughs> and if any of you ever played golf, have you ever seen somebody throwing a golf club on a golf course or snapping it in half or wrapping a golf club around a tree and you just shake your head, what an idiot. That was me. <laughs> I played on the tennis team and you remember, anybody remember Jimmy Connors? John McEnroe, and they would just explode in anger, and they're yelling at everybody and throwing their tennis racket. That was me. We had a clay, clay court, asphalt court, and I had a metal racket, and I would just hit the court while I was playing. And I just, I had no, seemingly, no ability to control myself when it came to sports. I would just explode in anger and rage. And my friends would just shake their heads and say, you need help. <laughs> but it was just kind of, in a, in a way, it was the real me coming out, what was really going on in the inside. And I had an inability to control it. It would just happen. And then I became a Christian at 18. And I became familiar with what the Bible says about me. And I got baptized in water. And I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And my foul mouth, where every other word was, ugly, colorful, in an instant, it was gone. I could hit my hand, fingers with a hammer, and in my mind, I went, ow. I was no longer having to suppress things on the inside because in many ways, in many areas, Holy Spirit just changed me on the inside. And it wasn't me becoming a nice person. It wasn't me becoming a good person. And, oh, what a nice little Christian. Holy Spirit was on the inside of me, and things began to change. And I no longer had to act like a four-year-old when things didn't go my way. And my wife will tell you, sometimes I still act like a four-year-old. Yes? No. You're supposed to say no, you don't. <laughs> but it's one of the most 
powerful. It's saying, you know, love and kindness and patience and self-control. It's Holy Spirit on the inside of me, guiding me, navigating me, giving me self-control, gives me the ability to say no to things and say yes to things. It's the fruit of the Spirit, self-control. I can say no to sin, no to poor choices, no to myself, no to others when external ugly things are coming in and wanting to come out. It's the ability to say yes to what Jesus says. It's the ability to say yes to what the Bible says. It's the ability to make great choices all the time. But unfortunately, because I'm human, not every time. But it's just me changing more and more into the likeness of Jesus. And it's the power of Holy Spirit resident on the inside, changing me so the people on the outside who knew me, what I was like, my friends who I went to school with, they still, when I get together with them, which isn't often enough, they still can't believe I'm a pastor of a church. <laughs> of all people. Most of my friends were Catholic and Lutheran, and they would all go to church, and I would make fun of them. Ugly make fun of them. Because I had no grid for Jesus. I had no grid for church. My family wasn't church-going. But when Jesus came into my life at the age of 18, things began to change. The inside began to change. Self-control does not mean we become vanilla and we become uh, dispassionate and boring. In fact, just the opposite. Self-control allows the ugly in me to dissipate and go away. And the beautiful things that Jesus has put in my heart is I control the ugly and step away from it. The beautiful things because of self-control become manifest, manifest and become visible. There's a gentleman, an apostolic man named Miles Monroe. He was apostolic. He operated out of the Caribbean. Amazing, amazing man. He's gone on to be with the Lord now. He spoke once about Proverbs 25, 28. Proverbs 25, 28. And the scripture says this. Like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. And this, the, the uh, text or the background is like, when there's a war and you're in a city, you want high walls, you want secure doors. But a person who doesn't have self-control is you're in a battle and there's no walls, there's no gates, and the enemy just pours in simply for having a lack of self-control. The enemy has access to my life unmerited, unwarranted access to my life if I'm not understanding and stepping into self-control. And Miles Monroe, his quote on Proverbs 25, 28 was this. Miles said, in other words, if we do not control our lives from the inside, somebody or something else will control our lives from the outside. Let me say that again. In other words... On this verse, if we do not control our lives from the inside, somebody or something else will control our lives from the outside. It could be other people, other situations. It could be uh, gambling, alcohol, drugs, pornography. If I don't have self-control, the ability to say no to certain things and yes to the right things, things control my life. 
and devastation can ensue. Self-control allows me to consistently make great choices. Self-control keeps me from unnecessary harm and foolish behavior. It's self-control. And again, it doesn't get a lot of billing. It doesn't get a lot of you know, play on lots of uh, Christians' minds. But how many, for me, I just look at my life, how many stupid things would I, could have been spared from if I just exuded self-control? Not to be impulsive. Not to be reactionary. How many things have our children heard out of mom and dad's mouths? Kids hearing language unbecoming of Jesus simply because of a lack of self-control. We get angry in our home and we say things or do things. And our kids see it and our kids learn. That's the ugly side. But on, on the flip side, on the beautiful side, See a parent, a child, seeing a parent injured, hurt, something unjust happening. And see mom and dad respond with the beauty of Jesus. They're learning, they're watching, they're understanding. Our kids, they know we're not perfect. Oh, they know we're not perfect. But how amazing for our children as time goes on to see us becoming more Christ-like and not more crusty. It's a good word, Krusty. It's a bad word, but a good word. Now, how do we get self-control? Through mighty Holy Spirit. John 16, 7 and 13. John chapter 16, verse 7 and 13 says this. But verily, truly, I say, I tell you, it is for, this is Jesus speaking. For very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate, Holy Spirit, unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he does, the spirit of truth, again, Holy Spirit, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak of his, on his own, but he will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. Holy Spirit is here to guide me into all truth. He's here to lead me beside quiet waters. He's here as a, the voice on the inside that says, Tom, the way you spoke to your wife, unacceptable. You just injured her. Well, did you hear what she said? <laughs> it's almost like Adam in the garden. It's her fault. It's the woman you gave me. And Holy Spirit's so kind, so generous, so consistent. It's like, I'm not talking to them, son. I'm in you. Let's sit down together and line up. That's what Holy Spirit does. He helps me line up to the truth. Do I understand that? Do I value that? Do I make time? Do I sit down with Holy Spirit and say, what do you see? I heard of a young man just recently went to an older man, a more, no, went to a mature man and said, what do you see? Can you give me any advice? How beautiful it is that a younger man would trust an older man not to be critical, not to hammer him, not to pull out the list. But the Holy Spirit causes a sensitivity on the inside. 
How many people do I have? How many people do you have in your life where you can go, what do you see? How can I change? How can I improve? How can I become a better version of me? We all, we all see other people, and, and I know you never do this, but sometimes we might judge on the inside and go, my wife and I, we have a, a thing that bothers us. Probably bothers me more than her. But when we see a man walking in front of his wife or his girlfriend or significant other, like 10, 15 front, feet in front while they're walking into a restaurant, something on the inside of me goes, ee, ee, ee. Why are you just walking in front of your, your spouse, your, your significant other, like she doesn't matter? Open the door and walk in while the wife just kind of, huh. It just, it's like, it's, it's not what Jesus would do. And I would never judge those people. Every time. But it, Holy Spirit's on the inside to help me, to teach me, to be gracious, to be kind, to be patient, to not judge. I think, Lord, I can't judge people because they sin different than me. And it's so easy to do, to judge people because their sin is not my sin. So that makes their sin more heinous, more glaring. And Jesus said, okay, folks, guys, disciples, it's better for you if I'm not here. I'm going to leave you and go. It's better for you because Holy Spirit's going to come. That's crazy talk. He said it to Simon Peter, and he's like, dude, it's going to be better for you if I'm not here. Simon ate with them. They did miracles together. They traveled together. How could it get any better than Jesus being right there with you? How could it get any better? It's, it's. He said, no, I'm telling you it's better because Holy Spirit's going to come and be inside you, right resident within you. That's how powerful Holy Spirit is. Lord, help me to understand. See, I know what I was like. In England, they don't have this. This is God's gift to America. Baseball. I love baseball. But in England, they have silly games, ridiculous games, <laughs> nonsensical games. Is Ben in the room? Where's, is Ben still here? He, he's out there. Ben, come in. They have a game called bowls. There he is. Here's my judge. Here's my... They have a game called bowls. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah, he, he was like champion in bowls. And so they have a little ball about the size of a ping pong ball. Called, I think they call it a jack. And they, the game starts, they roll this little ball down the greenway. And it lands somewhere. Then you have two teams with different, col different colored ball. It's a big, slightly bigger than this. And then this team rolls three balls towards that ping pong size ball. And the goal is to get closest to that. And it seems like it should be so easy. But the ball in England is not like a baseball. If I just rolled this ball, okay, this is going to be difficult for an Englishman. Try and catch that. And don't throw it. I've seen Brits throw it. <laughs> just soft toss. And it's a handoff. They don't throw in England. They kick. If I roll this ball, it's going to roll straight. But in England, half of the ball is weighted. Like this side of the ball is heavy. 
This side of the ball is right. So if you try to throw it straight, it ain't going to go straight. It's naturally going to bend. Every single time you throw it, it's going to bend. And so it's, it's, it's a cool game. I kind of liked it. <laughs> but as I was watching bowls, it just reminded me that's the way I was in life before Jesus. No matter how much I tried, I went that way. Naturally. I would just end up going this way. That's Romans 7. I don't do what I want to do. But then I became a Christian filled with the Holy Spirit, and now the ball weight is on the other side. And I naturally want to do what is right. Obviously, I don't do it right every time, but my disposition has changed. Why? Not because I'm a good person. Because the power of the Holy Spirit is on the inside of me. And I have the ability to resist sin. I'm weighted to go towards Jesus. I'm weighted to walk towards righteousness and have self-control. Why are we weighted like that? In Genesis 2, a man and a woman are in a garden. Genesis 2, verses 16 and 17. And the, and the Bible says this, And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. I don't understand why God would do that. He says, okay, here's a tree that's good. Here's a tree that's bad. Don't eat from that one. To me, it's wet paint. How bad? And they made an incredibly foolish choice. And sin entered the world. And because of that, without Jesus, I'm bent, I'm weighted to go towards unrighteousness. And that's what, part of the reason why Jesus came. To release me from the bondage of, I'm tied to sin. I can't help myself. I'm predisposed towards sin. Jesus came and he removed my sin. As we heard this morning, taking it far as the east is from the west. And he says, now I need to go because if I go... I'm going to send Holy Spirit, and he's going to live inside of you. And because of that, you are now going to have the ability to have self-control. You're not, oh, I couldn't help myself. The devil made me do it. No. No. There's just one devil. I know there's demons, but I'm not important enough for the devil to go after me. It's my own lust, my own frailty, my own insecurity made manifest. And I chose to not obey. I chose not to listen to Holy Spirit. But he's so kind. He's so kind. He forgives me and says, son, I'm going to dust you off. I'm going to remember your sin no more. People will remember your sin. But I choose not to remember your sin. Let's get up and go and try it again. God's so kind. Do I understand that I'm weighted and predisposed towards righteousness now? The best example I've ever seen of a before and after in the Bible, and I, I don't have time this morning to go into it, but in Luke 22, I'll just encapsulate. It's the Last Supper, and Jesus prays for Simon Peter. He says, Satan's come against you, and I pray that you will not lose your faith. When you come back, I will strengthen you, and, strengthen, and you will strengthen your brothers. And Peter says something, Lord, I'm ready to go with you to to prison and to death. <laughs> I'm going to die. I'm the Jesus. I'm with you. And Jesus says, no, you're not. <laughs> Before a rooster crows three times, you're going to deny me. Can you imagine when Peter incensed? I will not. Predisposed 
towards impulsiveness, predisposed towards failure. Because Peter wasn't born again yet. And I, I love it that Jesus lets him sit at the table, knowing that in 48 hours you're going to deny even knowing me. In the following passage, Luke 22, 54 to 62, again, I'm not going to read it. And it's a story where Jesus has been captured and he's been taken to trial, not to trial, but going towards trial, but he's been arrested. And it said Peter's fell be, or followed behind him at a safe distance. And he sat around a fire and people started looking at him and said, you, Peter, you were with that Jesus. Two different times, Peter said, not me. You're a Galilean, not me. Don't know the man. And then a servant girl, a little girl says, you were with him. And Peter, Mr. Bold, Mr. I'll go to prison. I'll die for you. I'll die with you. I'm with you. I don't even know the man. Jesus, I'm sorry, Peter denied even knowing Jesus to a little girl. Why? He's predisposed towards sin, towards failure. Acts 2 comes around. And it's the day of Pentecost. And there's 120, I think, 120 people in the upper room and they're praying. And Holy Spirit came. I'll just read this one quickly. Acts 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each one of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. I won't continue to read. Many of us will know the story. Thousands of people were there and came to hear. What is going on? They heard this uproar. It just 40 some odd days had passed where Peter had just denied knowing Jesus. The three different people, one of them a little girl, Mr. Bold, Mr. Courageous. He denied even knowing Jesus. But 40 days later, what happened? The power of the Holy Spirit. Running, chicken, scared, I would have been no different. But now because of the Holy Spirit, this same Peter stands up and preaches to thousands of people, knowing he could be killed, he could be stoned, but he doesn't care. It's Holy Spirit time, turning people who run towards sin to now run towards boldness, run towards courage, run towards kindness, because it's on the inside now, and it's coming out. I wonder what Jesus has for me and you simply by exuding the power of Holy Spirit within me. I wonder what things he would like to see in my life that I tackle, I have overcome, that I have freedom in. And sometimes, and again, it's easy, it's easy to focus on just because that's my wife and my is bent. But in, my, in our relationships with people, I wonder as I submit to Holy Spirit and I yield to Holy Spirit inside of me, I wonder what miracles he wants to do in my family and my relationships. I wonder what healing he wants to bring. As I yield to Holy Spirit and I say, it's enough of Tom, old Tom, predisposed towards 
anger or outrage or selfishness or critical spirit or opening my mouth when I should be shutting my mouth or the opposite, speaking instead of just being silent. It's the, it's the power of Holy Spirit on the inside of me. Self-control to do what's right in the moment. To yield to Him. To stop and to listen. I wonder what miracles He has in your family and my family. Galatians 5, 13 and 16. The Bible says this. You, my brothers, Galatians 5, verse 13 and 16. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Just a few verses further on. This is so powerful. It just, one day it just clicked in my mind. Galatians 5.25. So powerful. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. It's almost like, who read Revelation 2 this morning? Holly. It's from, we started out like this. Lord, I started out like this. I, you know, I was doing, I was just, so connected with you. And then life happens and busyness happens. Bread on Fridays, angel trees, Christmas Eve meetings, family, business, job, relationships. And all of a sudden it's like you, you were, you've forgotten, Tom, you've forgotten your first love. And he doesn't criticize, he doesn't condemn, he doesn't kick me to the curb and say, you're out. We're going to, you know, bring in the lefty. You're off the team. He loves me enough to remind me. Remember. Remember your first love. Remember when you, you, you just, it's almost like the Lion King, Rafiki. You are more than what you've become. That's another, not a Bible reference, but. <laughs> but I look at my life and I think, where have I given footing to the enemy? Where have I lost ground to the enemy? where I've gone back to old Tom. Anybody ever feel like sometimes they go back to old Tom? Yeah. I mean, it's old you, but you can blame me. It's fine. But Lord, okay, and here, here's for me. And this is not a confession because this is one area I don't struggle with. Remember, I got free from swearing. I just stopped swearing. It was a day after I got saved. August 3rd, 1977. August 4th, I went fishing, lost a big fish. I was in a river with the guy who led me to the Lord. I lost this huge fish, and I swore loud, bad. And my friend just looked at me. He's like, you, you gave your heart to Jesus last night. I was like, oh, no more swearing. Sorry, sorry, sorry. And I wish he'd taken other things from me, but he just took swearing from me like that. It was just gone instantly. I can't even say, oh, I was so strong. Nope, it was just gone. But what if now I had gone back to where my mouth was just filled with vulgarity? I think, Lord, stay free. Stay whole. Keep in step with the Holy Spirit. Walk with him. It's almost like his offer is, Tom, let's sit down at the table and talk. What are you struggling with, son? 
You look a little beat up. You look discouraged. This same, anybody ever have the same sin kind of catch you besides me? Nobody else? Okay, stay free. I'm the only one. Familiar sins. Jesus wants to grow me up. And his primary way is on the insides, Holy Spirit and the Word of God. But let me keep in step with Holy Spirit. He offers me freedom. He offers me self-control. Tom, you can do this because it's me in you. Okay, great, but how? Really super quick. Great, but how? How do I gain these fruits of the Holy Spirit? How do I do that? How do I gain self-control? It's never been my strong suit. How do I get control of these things and make great choices, continually make great choices? First thing, I don't know any other way, is just be humble. Acknowledge you need help. Acknowledge what I, I need self-control. I hate my attitudes towards those people. I hate my, my reaction towards my family or my spouse or that child or that parent. Stay humble and admit you need help. He gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. I need to stop. Stay humble. I need to stop. Listen to consider. Holy Spirit, what are you doing? How... How can, how can we accomplish this together where I don't have this same sin trip me up? It's possible. Stay humble. Say, Lord, I need help. I'm not going to be so busy that I just keep doing whatever over and over again. Second thing is just pray in the Spirit. Speak in tongues. If you don't speak in tongues, it's okay. It doesn't make you more godly, more spiritual if you speak in tongues. You know what tongues does? Speaking in tongues makes me stronger on the inside. That's it. It strengthens me on the inside. I'm not talking about a public gift of tongues. The Bible says this in 1 Corinthians 14.4. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, builds themselves up. But the one who prophesies edifies the church. What's so big about speaking in tongues? I strengthen myself on the inside. It's like lifting weights. Do you have to lift weights? No, you can stay just like me. <laughs> They're like, ooh, I found that bone really quick. There's muscle mass in there. It's just not developed. I have the same muscles as Jared. Where is Jared in here still? Yeah. Me and you, buddy, we look just the same. I got the same muscle mass. His might be developed. But that's the thing. Do I want to be strong on the inside? Do I want to be more, have more self-control on the inside? Pray in the Spirit. Pray in tongues. It builds me up on the inside. And Paul, in verse 18, he goes on to say this. Think, well, I just don't think it's so important. Paul says, it's not. It's, it's, it's not one of the big, powerful gifts. But 1 Corinthians 14, 4, I'm sorry, 14, 18 says this, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. I mean, he was the Apostle Paul. He's amazing. He says it's not as important as other things. It is not. But, Tom, if you want to be strong, pray in the Spirit. It's just a gift. It's not, you're not super, I'm not super special at all because I speak in tongues. But I want the gift because it makes me stronger. Third, and 
final thing. How do I grow in self-control? How do I grow in the things of the Spirit? Number three, devour the Word of God. Devour the Word of God. It's like, who's going to be healthy if they just eat snack food all the time? Nobody. You cannot have a healthy, balanced, normal diet, body, if all I do is just snack with a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I get five minutes little uh, podcast. I don't do podcasts. Podcasts or a little bit of teaching here. I turn on some worship music. Folks, if I want to grow in Holy Spirit, if I want to grow in self-control, if I want to grow and exhibit the fruits of the Spirit, how do I do it? Devour the Word of God. Read the Bible all the time. Psalm 119 says this. Psalm, Psalm 119, 9 through 11. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? How can a young person, this is a GPH, great how? How can a young person stay on the path of purity? And you're all young because you're alive here. By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your command. I have hidden your word. And this is just, this, it's just one of these words that God just, like a brand, just blazed it on my heart. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. The word of God, it's, it's, it's not something you used to do. It's almost like that Revelation 2. Remember the, the heights from which you've fallen. Where am I at with reading your word? No guilt, no manipulation, no condemnation. But it's life, it's bread, it's sustenance. And the last verse, and I'll close and pray. Psalm 119, 105. Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp for my feet. A light on my path. Why do I keep stumbling? Why do I keep falling into that same sin? Just ask myself some questions. Am I, am I praying? Am I devouring your word? Or is that passe? Is that last year or yesteryear? Am I fresh and vibrant in the word of God? It's feeding me. It's challenging me. It's convicting me. It's strengthening me. It reminds me who I really am. Father, I thank you for family. I thank you for relationships. Lord, it's so challenging so often. Lord, I thank you that you haven't orphaned me. You haven't abandoned me. You haven't just thrown me in a rubber dinghy in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean and say, paddle hard. Lord, you changed me from the inside out. Thank you that you remember my sins no more. Thank you that you have set me free. Now, Lord, I want to stay free. I want to remain free. I want to keep in step with you, Holy Spirit. Father, I thank you as we, many of us, experienced uh, relatives this last week. Father, through the Christmas season, there's more coming. Weird people called family. Strange people that irritate us at times. Broken relationships. Holy Spirit, I, I want to keep in step with you. I want to get back into reading the Bible consistently, regularly. I want to get back into praying and praying in the Spirit regularly. Lord, that I can remember where my strength comes from. It comes from you. That I would grow in self-control. That I don't have to lose my temper. I don't have to say that. 
I have self-control on the inside. It's you, Holy Spirit, giving me the ability to exert and exhibit self-control. I thank you that I can start believing right things about myself. I thank you, Holy Spirit, on the inside that I can forgive myself for my past failures. I can forgive myself. The devil's job is to beat me up, but Father, I don't need to help him. I'm going to forgive myself, Lord, starting today. It's a new day. It's a fresh day. I'm going to, like the field goal kicker, I'm going to line up with you, sit down at the table, and let's have a talk to walk free today. Thank you that you don't condemn. Thank you, Jesus, you never accuse. You challenge me, and you tell me, dust me off and get back in the game of life and, and win. So Father, bless us as a family, strength and health. Father, for those struggling, we speak courage and strength. If you're struggling, reach out to somebody. Can I have the prayer team come up real quick? We have folks who want to pray with you, and you may be thinking, oh, I, I, I still haven't broke through in speaking in tongues. We have people who want to pray for you. You may be so dusty, you don't remember what it was like to pray in the Spirit anymore. We would like to pray with you. You may be struggling in life. Disaster is knocking on your door as ha or has entered your house. We would like to stand with you in prayer. There's challenging things happening in so many people's lives. Holy Spirit, we yield to you. Do what only you can do. Thank you that, Jesus, you love me, that you're for me, that you're with me, and you call me forward. You don't sit me on the bench. You call me forward. Bless us as a family, Father, that we would exhibit you from the inside out. In Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Thanks for checking out the Life Church St. Peter's Message of the Week. For more podcasts and additional information, visit us at lifechurchstpeters.com.